Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. Well, uh, this happens about once a year, but we got uh, a message from a listener recently who wrote in and they want to peek behind the curtain and they are curious about how we are dressed. So as always, I love to oblige questions like this. I love to to let our listeners in behind the scenes. So I'm happy to let you know. I am uh, wearing a, a dark blue t-shirt and uh, and light gray shorts today. Um, Alan, go ahead and turn on your camera. And uh, oh, great, you look great, awesome. Well, Alan is lying horizontally underneath what appears to be dozens of layers of black flowing silks. Uh, there are so many layers. They are weighing him down, and he does appear to be struggling to breathe. Um, he's got his face on, as always. He's wearing makeup, of course. Not Sadie Pine's makeup, but clown makeup. Um, I would describe it as a goth Ronald McDonald. Shock white face with a large black softball-sized circle surrounding each eye. Truly stunning, Alan. And Elliot, go ahead and turn on your camera. Oh, you look very dapper today, Elliot. Uh, well, Elliot <laughs> is wearing a bow tie, and that is it. That is the only thing he has on. Um, behind him is, of course, his disheveled twister mat that is, as always, saturated in chocolate sauce. Okay. God. <laughs> So let's start uh, this episode. Um, do you guys remember Kim Davis? I don't understand how there hasn't been. I'm sure there has been some sort of drag at some point, some sort of drag. Uh, uh, oh, that actually to is Kim really, Davis. Think she is really she is genuinely the de- she's the defit. She is not only a terrible person, but she is the definition of haggard. Yeah, <laughs> she, <laughs> she really is. is. So. So here's a refresher. She was the trashy clerk in Rowan County, Kentucky, <laughs> who refused to issue marriage licenses <laughs> to gay couples in 2015 after a Burgerfell uh, uh, legalized gay marriage nationwide. The gay couples eventually got their licenses from an assistant clerk. Um, Davis ended up going to jail for five days for refusing to conduct the duties of her job. 
And when, this is my favorite. I didn't know this. When she oh, was released this. from prison, a rally led by Mike Huckabee greeted her. <laughs> you don't remember that? You don't remember the vision? It was such an iconic moment of like that her crying in front of the state, you know, the state house and him holding her hands. It was like, people are such monsters. Like you're the worst people yeah, and yeah. crying victim. Like, fuck off. Yeah. There's also, I mean, this sounds absurd. There's a tiny part of me that wants to... I, who doesn't like i want to experience jail for like a weekend do you know what i mean oh. like not like not get in trouble like but like look if i i don't know maybe i got you know public intoxication i'm always drinking on the street that's what i got. I went to jail oh that, is that, did you go to jail i never i never got charged or anything but i in yeah I, I spent the night in jail in chicago once um in the oh, in wow. the uh oh God, tank? the halstead jail and because i got picked up so I was, dr- I mean, I was drunk, so the details are murky, but I was trying to sell the free newspaper in Chicago. Um, it's like called The Reader. I was trying yeah. to sell The Reader in order to make enough money to get on the train to get back to my apartment, which oh, wow. I think is genius. And um, I got picked up by some police and it was very early in the morning and I, they, I came back and I sobered up and then I remembered where I lived. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, dear, dear, dear friend of the podcast, Monica Kenzie, one of my very close friends, um, uh, once uh, has this incredible story of getting caught of being too drunk in public, uh, like freshman year of college, and uh, apparently, according to uh, a friend who was with her, the cop asked her for her license, and she gave him a stick of gum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of my one of my favorites. Ellie, you what know, were you gonna say? I was gonna say if you want to go to jail, there are ways that you can make that happen. Yeah, yeah. that's that is correct. That is correct. I could always, I could always do sixty days. What is what was that show? Six, 60, sixty days in. Sixty days in. I actually <laughs> love that show. So anyway, back to the story. Uh, another side note about Kim Davis. What slipped under the radar, I feel. Uh, was that she Kim Davis actually subsequently was defeated uh, for re-election by a Democrat in 2018, which was a, another thing I did not know. And it's a pretty conservative county, so that's uh, that's interesting. Um, so anyway, so the update on Kim's life is a federal jury has awarded $100,000 to a same-sex couple who sued Ms. Davis for violating their constitutional rights. Uh, she was sued by a few couples, but for whatever reason, the jury the jury only awarded one couple with damages. Um, it is it is it has been reported that she is looking to auction off her prized NASCAR dinner plate collection <laughs> to raise funds to to pay for the fees. Actually, the bummer is it's pro- some right wing right wing organization will almost certainly pay for that. You know what I don't understand about this is so she was a city employee at the time when she denied. She was an elected official, I guess, too. She but, was an elected official, yeah, but right. She, yeah. But but I so when you sue, like, why would she be sued and not the city? Like, the, I I would I would think that the city would be held responsible for her actions. Because didn't the city try to make her her she she defied the city's order, didn't she? Oh, was that it? Yeah, you know, I I don't I don't know all of the ins and outs. Um, I mean, I'm um, happy that she got sued and she's being held liable yeah, for yeah, a deplorable for sure. action. Oh, like, oh, I'm totally happy about that. But yeah, I just thought, yeah. like, you know, if city yeah, workers don't yeah. do something, is everyone going to get sued? Like that? That'd yeah, be bad. I think yeah. she defied the city order. I also love what I love about Kim Davis is that um, she, uh, you know, she chose not to, you know, acknowledge the these gay couples getting married. So. 
And this was because of her religious beliefs. But so her choice to have a civil job that doesn't require her opinion whatsoever. Yeah. You know, her job is to basically, you know, stamp a piece of paper or whatever. That job requires no public opinion. And yet she was so adamant about her own thing that she took it upon herself to make other people's lot. Like she went out of her way to make gay couples at the very least mm. feel bad. Yeah. And yeah. that to me is the is that is why she should. Also, so I, I let me let me throw this out real quick though. So think put this in perspective. There are a lot of county clerks in this country. There are a lot of conservative jurisdictions in this country, and there were plenty of county clerks who did not want to issue marriage licenses to gay, to same-sex yes. couples, but they ultimately took an oath of office presumably yep. of some kind and they said, "Hey, this is, you know, we are uh, a country of laws." And the Supreme Court has spoken, and therefore I have to follow those rules. We can't just individually pick and choose what Correct. what laws. And by the way, that's one of the reasons why when she did appeal a couple of years ago to the Supreme Court uh, uh, for them to hear her case, she was roundly rejected. But there's a different yeah. – I mean I, the, the one thing I would – just the caveat to that is – and I think a lot of minorities, particularly minorities of color, would would recognize that – the civil workers in this country do have a long, long, long history of actually imparting their opinion on their actions in their jurisdictions and Mm -hmm. by denying voting rights, marriage licenses, all kinds of different things. And for different reasons that have nothing to do with someone's sexuality. It has, I mean, it has everything to do with what makes them a marginalized citizen. So this is just one example in a very long history of even Going back to, you know, when the the when slavery was abolished and, you know, black Americans were trying to then get work or do different things or just basic, basic things and having to deal with city workers and then just being denied these things just because no one would follow up on it. So jobs, real estate, I mean, mortgages, women, women weren't able to get credit cards, be able to, like, get things in their own names in certain cities in this country. I mean, there are so many different examples of this. And this just felt particularly of the moment because it wasn't that long after gay marriage had passed. So it was sort of like it was like a momentary, I think, cultural moment in Mm -hmm. that it uh, in that it was was so related to that. But also I just am like, shut the this is when I'm like, lady, sit down, shut the fuck up and do your job should be a big girl. Mm -hmm. Don't. Don't impart your judgment onto people who are doing the thing, who are just there to get a paper signed by you. You work in the government. Do your job. It doesn't, your opinion doesn't matter here. Yeah. Sit yeah. down and shut the fuck up. But I'm also, so happy but, that she lost. But also do the thing that every other, like, <laughs> boss does in this world. Give it off to an assistant. That's ultimately what happened. <laughs> so, like, just pass that shit off to someone else who will do it. That's what every boss does. Well, the reason that she's a terrible person is because she had to make a big deal out of it. Yes, true. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not even joking. We are joined today by my good friend, Paul Robolino. Hello, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hi, everybody. I, here I just, in the recording and in the world. <laughs> I just said that, no, your name really doesn't sound like a porn name, but if you said it in a certain way, like, Hey, I'm Paul Robolino. Like you could, you could make it porny. You're you know just what I making mean? it Italian. I know I am. I am. I feel like if you say anything in a sensual way, I mean, it would fit into yeah. a, a porn. You Brent really? So <laughs> nah. See, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. That that just. I was that... doing sort of like a Halloween ghoulish thing. Is really how it came out. We I were... guess I don't know how to be sexy. Brent and I were talking before we got on the recording. Before even Elliot joined, that a new word that I discovered that a listener sent in to us was um, called gooning or goon, which is like the face some porn people make when they're jerking off, like the ridiculous face that they make. It's probably not appropriate, but I have found that to be the funniest thing. I can't believe people are using that. I can't believe that is a word that people have that a word for that thing. Disgusting to me for some reason. It oh. is, disgu- it is Again, disgusting. An evangelical teenager. We've turned Elliot into an evangelical teenager. <laughs> he doesn't want to touch upon sexuality anymore, <laughs> but I can't, I can't make that. That word can't be done sexily. I don't feel like. No. Oh, okay. I see now why you brought it. I was like, what is the connection between that and my name? No, I was like trying no. to do the mental math. <laughs> There's no, I was going to, I was going to say from. that that I is one you, you can't do. Yes. Thank you. He's, thank you. he's just, he, he just, he just meant to do like, he's trying to do like a Italiano, like, like, you know, the chef's kiss, like very on the <laughs> yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah. I get that sexy. a lot. I get, I get Italian a lot. I'm in fact, not Italian at all. Oh, what are right. you? I'm a hundred percent Ecuadorian. My parents are both oh, that's uh, right. from Latin America. That's right. Oh, wait. So, fun. where did the last name come from? Then is is that sound Italian? Though I guess it's no. It's actually like Spaniard. If you go back like as whatever number of generations, mm. but if you Google my last name, everybody who has it is Ecuadorian. Like we only exist there. Interesting. Hmm. Well, Michael, my boyfriend Michael has that too. His last name is Brambilla, and everyone thinks it's like that has like an Brambilla. Italian, but it sounds like a connection. Like there's an Italian connection to it, but there isn't. It's just you know. The weird cross mixture of all the things over time and everything. Well, Paul, thank you for being here. You, of course, it is my pleasure. You are like you are one of my favorite people to randomly run into. You came to my show at Moist, and I love because you were so you so eagerly and were also so intoxicated. Put out that dollar. I mean, you were like that dollar was. <laughs> Do you like, mean when I ran on the stage? Yes. <laughs> Which Godoy t- told me to do that, and then afterwards I was like, "What if security like security? You think we got security? We barely could afford a show. You think we got security, <laughs> no security protecting uh, us? No one is. Pre- I'm the security. My heels are my security. Moist <laughs> okay, okay. doesn't have security, guys. Uh, <laughs> well, you are the director of development at College Humor. Co- everyone knows College Humor, long history. College Humor. What are you developing these days, or what are you most proud of that you have developed recently? So the brand college humor is one that a lot of people do remember from like the YouTube days. Like I used to go on that site as like an early high schooler. Oh boy. But the company now has like changed a lot. I think people, when they hear college humor, they think back to when we would make like fratty humor and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, 
I think they even used to have things like babe of the week, bikini Ooh. photo of the week, like things like that. And that is not us at all. <laughs> the new iteration of the company is actually called Dropout. That's our streaming service. It's very queer. It's very wholesome. It's very fun. It's very like, like we, we try to make content where like you just, it's like parasocial. You like, like mm-hmm. the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. kind in nature. So I, I really love the things that we're putting out these days. We actually just shot something this week that hasn't been announced. So I can't really talk about that. Ooh, so, that's well, a Hollywood it, it, it's line. It's interesting because it reminds me, I remember first discovering College Humor when I was in middle school. So I was a little bit younger than you. And I remember I've talked with Elliot and Alan about this. I remember they discovered College Humor right around the time they turned 40. So <laughs> so that just kind of gives a, a general idea of, of how old we are. But tell me a little bit more. Like, what do you mean by wholesome? Like I, I never so, think of any content online as wholesome. So what do you, so explain to us what that means to you. So what it means to me is that like one of our most successful shows right now is called game changer. A lot of people mm. might see it on their TikTok feed and not even know that it's connected at all to college humor. It's or our now platform dropout, but it's a largely improvised show. We set up these games. Every episode is a different game. The players never know what it's going to be. We surprise them but we also do things like bring in this surprise person that they they're thrilled to see or one episode was just like doing kind things for somebody in the cast and like obviously it's not all that it's not it's not like we're cornballs all the time yeah we do but it's sort of like an upworthy remember upworthy yeah Um, yeah 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 i remember alan i think you had a your good friend Uh uh-huh yeah she did yeah um, yeah, sort of like a positive corner of the internet. Yeah, so to speak. that's a good way to put it. I always but also. Oh, go ahead, Paul. It could be a little edgy. It could be a little like you know whatever. We're still cool. That's what I was gonna say. There is sort of like a, I had someone years ago in New York um, uh, when I was performing say that I was like a nice comedian, like I was kind in my comedy and stuff. And I was like, I was kind of offended by it because I never consider myself very kind in terms of my comedy. You know what I mean? In terms of because I'm basically like ratting on all every well, I'm ratting on myself, but I'm also ratting on like every single ex I've ever experienced in my life and other people as well. So like I'm essentially making fun of people, which is probably the worst thing you can do, the least kind thing you can do. But someone I think because of my nature, they're like, you're kind. So like, I guess, do you think? It's I don't know if it's for me, I find it it's like impossible to be kind in humor, but it is possible. I know it is. I think I just struggle with it. Um, that's the siren. So I'm going to close my window. <laughs> I thought it was like a siren. Like, uh, yeah, I know. Uh-oh. I was like, like, red alert, of, like did I say alert, something yeah, wrong I, here? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> um, I guess. I guess, like, the the thing, the standard that, like, we hold ourselves to is just that thing of, like, not punching down, yeah. right? Like, if you go to our older content, it's not stuff that we super stand by where it's, like, this edgy joke that's, like, a little racist or a little homophobic. Like, yeah, yeah that's in our past, but that's, like, not what we aim for now. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we can't be... I don't Body. know, mean towards people who maybe deserve it, but based on their <laughs> behavior or based on their, like choices versus mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean there's a difference between being there's a difference between being like you know edgy and telling it like it is but also like being an <laughs> asshole you know what i mean like there are comedians that are just assholes and and i think those are the ones that are unnamed. name names i, I mm. could but i'm not going to 
<laughs> no, for sure. You also have one of the things, one of the shows that I love is you have a show where essentially drag queens are just playing Dungeons and Dragons, which yeah. I was not a D&D kid. I don't understand that world at all. I was a View kid. I only, I subscribed to Meredith Vieira, Joy Behar. Like that was my D&D when I was a kid. Um, and I played by myself and my mother. She watched too. But what, like, how did you come about with the, that show? That is such an ingenious show and it's so fun. And who's and who's on and who's playing? So the season um, just wrapped. Actually, we it, the season's over, but the players in it were Alaska, Juju B, Monet, and Bob the Drag Queen. And okay, but now, crazy- did, wait, wait, real quick. Did Ornoko Ho, the Anya Drag Queen, make her way onto <laughs> the show? Paul no? doesn't know this, Brent. You got to set it up. <laughs> That's drags. Listen, that's that's essentially that. Brent's drag. Oh, oh, oh. If 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 Brent did, yeah, mm-hmm. if Brent did drag, yes. Uh, um, so what's actually nuts about this show is that this is something that we ideated back in like 2017. Mm-hmm. We have a series that's a Dungeons and Dragons live play show. It's called Dimension Twenty. It's one of our most successful things. It kept us afloat during the pandemic, and back. When Brendan Lee Mulligan, who's the host, and he's awesome, and you know, he's one of the best dungeon masters of this game there is in the entire world, if not the best. And on top of that, he's just like a, a great, really awesome person. Uh, back when we were making this show, Sam Reich, the CEO of the company, was like, "How fun would it be if we could even have like a season that's just like drag queens?" Mm. But at that point, we were just thinking like, maybe just people that we know who are drag queens, not aspiring me towards people who yeah. the world would know like a list drag queens yeah. and then fast forward to last year and the company is at a point where we could actually make it possible because we have a lot of fans who love this show and who subscribe mm-hmm. and like you know we had the means and the connections to like reach out to those managers and what i love 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 about this is hey talent like like you i'm not a D guy i'm not like somebody who came up playing this game. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not, you can enjoy this show. Yeah. Because the queens in it are not D&D players either. So you're kind of like learning alongside them. Yeah. But they really lean in, which was awesome to see. Mm-hmm. They are not ironically playing the game. Mm-hmm. They are so invested. By the end of it, Jujube is literally crying real tears like during the <laughs> finale. Yeah. It's from happiness or set or laughing or it's like because she was so touched because Brennan like kind of brings it full circle and their characters all kind of reach this, you know, yeah. culminating point where they've well, like grown and, you know, accomplished the thing that they want to accomplish and whatnot. And you kind of realize just how I mean, I, I'm just going to be crude, but how faggoty D&D actually is like, I mean, it is a gay game that is like. I mean, I'm imagine like if I was playing that with other straight like straight dudes as a as a kid. And I grew up to be gay. I would definitely think all those people who played D anD D with me as a kid also grew up to be gay. Like it's just. It's I don't. Just, I don't. I think you're you don't think so. A, a, a broad stroke. I'm just saying it's very fantasy. It's very like let's create our own little worlds. How gay is that? How much do we do that with sex fantasies? Like that is such a gay thing to do. <laughs> it is very gay. You get to create your own your own character, design what they look like. That was always my favorite part of video games. Yeah, I would like just make it a girl that like looked really cool and cute like yeah. yes <laughs> i spend so much time on the character design <laughs> we literally talked about that like a year year and a half ago that there was like a study or something done right wasn't that it where like g- they talked about how gay gay uh video game players 
actually disproportionately choose the female female avatar. I was really upset when I was a kid. I didn't play a lot of games when I was a kid, but I was upset that I could never make my female character fat. And so now, <laughs> and so now I play like um, the Disney Dream something, whatever it's called. And, and and even with like Mario Kart and stuff, you can make like you can kind of change their sizes sometimes. And so I love that I could make all my women fat. I'll tell you one thing, you know, gay or not, who wouldn't pick Princess Peach when she right? can fly? Like that gives you the ultimate skill set in any game. So, yeah, obviously I'm going to pick Princess Peach. Listen, I'm not going to pretend that I wouldn't have picked a theme, like I like when I do Super Smash, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna tr- try on different characters, and a lot of the guys are sort of bleed into each other, and it's very boring. And the the female characters are much more interesting. But Princess Peach can fly. I'm going with that. You know, yeah. I, well, yeah. see, that's so funny. Hard line in the sand. I mean, it feels yeah. like. I mean, your logic behind it feels actually very straight, but I support it's, it's the queer. I, it's a little bit of both. It's a, it's like it's it's Elliot. Wait, I want to ask now in terms of college humor, like. It was obviously very fratty back when I was, as Brent say, turning 40 and watching it when I <laughs> turned 40. Uh, but watching it like, you know, like end of end of end of college, early, like post-college life, it was, you know, very fratty, very like dicks on foreheads and, and you know, bro stuff. And then it veered toward like, like at least at that time I was in New York and you could see a lot of people were getting work doing mm-hmm. the videos and starting to write for it. It became its own little factory and people from there have gone on and worked at, you know, SNL and other shows and stuff yeah. like that. So how did, when did the culture of it change? Was it just with the name change or, and not only how did it, how did it change, but were you part of the moving it into a queerer place because of your identity? I think, thankfully, when I joined the company in 2015 as an assistant, it had already come a long way. Like, we we already weren't making things that were that, that old version of us anymore. Um, the content was a lot more inclusive. The cast was a lot more diverse. Um, our politics made their way into our content more, very progressive-leaning politics. Like, just across the board, that's just everybody just kind of is, like, on the same page about a lot of issues. And so that just became more clear, which also got us a lot of hate. Honestly, in comments, people would be like, another Trump sketch. Yeah. Like, well, don't watch. Yeah. Um, but then it just slowly began to change more and more. I think it is maybe because we released our platform dropout and we saw what was really like resonating with people and new communities found us. And like a lot of our content's very queer. A lot of our fans are very like queer and young and mm-hmm. uh nerdy and we've just embraced it and like as there's been like turnover in the company like the people that have gotten on board have like just fit into that mold as well so are the are the it was just like a natural are the original um i mean this is like going back but i remember like in the in the early days of it when it was like they were just raking in money and then getting bought by like iac or whatever um, yes we yeah it was like they were the four guys who started it were sort of these like princes of New York who were, mm. you know, covered in like Gawker and stuff like that. I remember, I remember because I was just following along. Are they still in, are any of the founders still involved? No, not at all. I mean, they sold it off. Uh-huh. So they weren't even a part of it when I joined uh, in 2015. Wow. wow. They just I... made that cash. And <laughs> that I mean, I suppose so. Yeah. I mean the company, yeah, they had like busted teas too like a graphic t-shirt company oh yeah i don't know the full lore 
There, yeah. there are people there that were around since the beginning, but not me. One of the things yeah. that I always sort of hate about online content is that when people leave those like comments about the Trump video, for example, where they think that like these companies that create content need to be a democracy where, and represent all different types of people when it's like, no, fucker, we're an entertainment company and we can make we're creatives and we can make whatever we want. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. But like we're not this isn't yeah. like a democracy here like we're creating what we want and if well, you want to go to fox business doing, if you want something else <laughs> and you're leaving a comment based on content that you have you're here yeah so you already lose because or like the company already won because you're here we got your, your ad money <laughs> and probably already watched the video but yeah. either way you made it here so who's to say you know who's who loses here the yeah. company just got your imprint or whatever yeah you also have the very cool oh go ahead paul well, the very cool thing about not being owned by that corporation anymore, IAC, because they like sold us back in 2020. So a lot of people were laid off, myself included, unrelated to the pandemic, but it happened like the same time. Mm. Um, but now it's much smaller and we do get to make just the things that we like. The creative team will just like go for things that we find funny, we find promising, and we don't really have to answer to this like board of directors or whatever so yeah that's been really cool have you guys ever considered just eliminating comments like just allowing the videos to live on their own and not have a discourse yeah yeah we don't have comments on dropout oh okay oh got it so like now that we we're not as present on youtube we don't really have comments on our own platform but we still post clips on social media that's how we get a lot of growth that's how we find new followers and stuff so tiktok has comments like but most of them are positive. And there are people who like really rally for us. Like if there's ever a comment that's like, I miss the old college humor, you'll see like 10 comments responding being like, yeah. no, the new version is even better. And look, they have this site, Dropout, you should check it out, dropout.tv. And you should check out this series and this series and this series. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're like amazed to see that. Sometimes I, I forget in my day-to-day when I'm doing my work that there's like a whole world of people that actually watch what we make. Yeah, you know I mean? it's kind of nice. I do love, I remember... A couple of weeks ago, I got called a fascist because I I'm, and I make it very clear, like when I post things on Instagram and stuff, that if there's like any hate or anything that I basically don't like, I will delete it. Like, I don't care about you. You don't have the right to leave a comment here. You can go somewhere else. And someone messaged me this long message being like, you fascist. How dare you delete my comment on your video? All this shit. And I just love the like. The logic of like that this is a free space with free speech. And sure, it is a free space with free speech, but I also have the freedom to delete. You have the freedom to delete it. Exactly. And it's like, and they, but there's an entitlement that they come with. Well, I watched your video and I need to leave a comment about its message. And it's like, well, babe, no, leave it at the voter. Like, go vote. It's always always (laughs) remarkable to me that people seem to, people online seem to forget that there are no rules. There really are no rules. And so, There is no, at the end of the day, there is no rule about what you can do, what, like Mm -hmm. what a creator can, or anybody can put out there that is going to be available for commentary, Mm -hmm. unless it's no, unless there are no comments, but like, if it's out there and there are room for comments, anybody has any right to leave a comment and then Alan can delete it. And Mm -hmm. who's to say, like, Who's to say why one of those things is right or wrong? It's like, this is Alan's channel. If you want to come and leave a comment, he'll delete it if he doesn't like it. Like, yeah. there's no rule. So you're not a fascist. It's you're just participating in the in the way that the Internet, in the way that at least Instagram 
will work. Yeah. But who's like why anybody would tell you otherwise is so funny. To I kind of loved being a the fascist. The rules are applied to I everybody. Loved it. I loved I loved being fascist for like a little bit. You know what I mean? Like for a day, I was like, I'm a fascist. Like it was like it was a nice day for me. I don't know, Paul. I also wanted to ask because you you just. One of my favorite things is you're the are you the resident go go at Bad Drag Race? Like is that is that your because you've done a lot of them? Uh, yeah, so I I do the pit crew for the show Bad Drag Race run by Mano Agapian and Oscar Montoya, and it's very fun. And there's like three of us now who just kind of alternate shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because we were all part of UCB together, so that's how we all got connected. Got it. Got, I mean, how does yeah. it feel to? Uh, be standing on stage in a jockstrap at a show that's called Bad Drag Race. I I think that I love all of the those things combined. It's so I want to make clear it's a misnomer because yes, they <laughs> lean into this idea that the drag is bad. Come watch Bad Drag, but it's not bad. It's not. It's, everyone is really putting their all into it. They're so creative. It truly is very funny. It's a great show, and I kind of enjoy doing the show too because in my own head i also am just like this character you know yeah like i i feel comfortable doing it because it's a comedy show for a theater full of like comedy lovers Mm -hmm. i don't think i'd have the same bravery putting on like what uh, singlet and doing that like in weho at a a real drag show or a real bar like in my mind it's a separate thing that's what I love about, I mean, at my show, like last week, I always have like a go-go or someone involved in my act and doing something ridiculous or stupid because it's like, they're just as much a part of the drag show. You know what I mean? They're putting on just as much of a show in a different kind of way. And I kind of love sort of adding that, taking that sexualization of them out of the picture a little bit and turning it on like in a comedy direction, which I don't think happens a lot in WeHo, which is probably why you don't you don't yeah, see yeah, that yeah. very often. Like I, it's a it's a different environment to like do it at a real bar where people are actually like approaching you and tipping you or or being creeper towards you mm-hmm. versus doing it at this like really awesome space that these comedy lovers and really like hardworking performers have curated and like it's a feel good show. Yeah. So yeah, I like it. It's fun. It lets me like be thotty for a night and then go home and be regular. <laughs> <laughs> that's all anybody for wants night. yeah <laughs> just for one night and then you get to go back to i love the term i love the term regular i thought for one night and then i'm regular <laughs> yeah well paul this was so much fun chatting with you where can people follow you on the interwebs if you want to follow me on instagram my handle is at ps robolino s is for my middle name santiago uh, my Twitter, are people even promoting Twitter anymore? Not or really. X? I mean, it's just my name is my handle, but yeah. I hate that website. So do what you want. If you want to follow me, you can. If not, that's fine too. Um, and then I just encourage you to check out dropout.tv if you haven't already. It's just awesome. And we have a lot of funny stuff on there. And when you do follow Paul on Instagram, when you're typing it in, you have to say Robolino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The mic is already on, so just say it in that intonation. Yep, It'll yep, help me. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. And another thing. So one of, I mean, our favorite activities, and I mean, we'll admit to it. I'll admit to it. I love hate following people on Instagram, and <laughs> oh, then you. and then taking that information and taking that picture screenshot and texting it to friends <laughs> and being like, "Can you believe this bitch?" And so I do that a lot. I understand I'm a horrible person, but I do that a lot. And I did that recently with Elliot and Brent when um, one of our 
one of the people that I hate follow. Uh, <laughs> that we'll was, leave it at that. Was was wearing something. So they're 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 a, they're a, a, a gentleman of a of a certain like middle aged range, and they're wearing clothes that clearly, you know, probably fit them when they were twenty nine, thirty one, etc. But now. The, maybe we should go to Old Navy or something and expand the wardrobe a little bit or wherever you shop. And so I texted these guys. And it was not me body shaming or anything. It was just me very much body shaming. No, it was me yeah. just being very critical about being like, do you think we need to dress this way? Like, do we need to do we need to keep dressing like we're 29 years old? Like, I'm not I'm OK with you being slutty and wearing tight clothes and doing all the things. But I'm also like. You need to look at yourself and understand that, like, your body and things change. And, like, maybe it's not flattering. There's something just not flattering here. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. What do you guys so, think? So Al, Alan, Alan sent a picture of a gentleman um, who was, yeah, I mean, just to kind of summarize, he, he he looked silly in the clothes that he was wearing. He looked like he was trying too hard to be 30 when, in fact, he's probably whatever, Um you know, your guys' age. And <laughs> I will say it actually struck, uh, it struck a bit of an insecure nerve. Oh, really? Because, because I was like, oh my God, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I also remember this after the, pa- the pandemic, I remember seeing myself in some pictures, like, I mean, like a few months after the pandemic receded and we all kind of like were, you know, baby stepping our way back into normal life. Um, but we'd all gained, you know, uh, some weight during the pandemic and and i remember seeing some pictures of myself being like oh wow i do not look like i did before the pandemic and so yeah so it, it kind of like it stirred up some emotions and it, it really made me question what i'm doing with my life alan what about you alan elliot what did you think well first i'm thinking i don't think i'm sorry but i don't think you didn't look you didn't look even you, you don't look anybody will tell Ridiculous. you well, that you look that you look thank you very youth you look as young as you did 10 years ago uh, genuinely like well let's not get I, crazy before, let's not get crazy elliot <laughs> i mean he he does it's the grecian thing but um but i it's the greekness i i think so i really think it's the mediterranean skin that's just me but uh i yeah i don't i, I the picture bummed me out of this gentleman but it just made me think of like knowing very early on when I came out, like noticing middle-aged guys wearing Hollister shirts yes, and Abercrombie and how that just lingered and lingered and lingered and for so long. And it was like, oh, it just bummed me. It always bummed me out. So I've always been aware of not wanting to dress too, too particularly youthfully because it feels like a trope that he's, I mean, the guy we know is not wearing like Hollister surfer shirts, but he's certainly wearing clothes that you're just like, I just, I just, it just doesn't it just it looks well, too juvenile it you know looks what too it, juvenile you know what it reminds me of and this is something that i say all the time it's a it's sort of a, a fight that michael and i constantly have because in drag there are certain parts of my body i don't want to show because i think they look too masculine we had this conversation the other day elliot i was telling you about all this and i there are certain parts of my body i don't want to show but i also know that like if I'm going to step out of the apartment or on stage or anything and i'm going to be in an outfit i need to be confident in that outfit. And when you're not confident in the outfit or oh, you're yeah. not feeling authentic in whatever you're wearing or however you're presenting yourself, it does read. It reads to people, even just in pictures. It, to me, I can tell, I can sense it. It's like a thing. And and I feel like I feel like as queer people, sometimes, especially queer people aging, it's like 
we don't have a roadmap for aging because we don't see that on television. We don't see that in movies. We don't see a single 40-something-year-old guy living. I mean, you could say, bro, sure, but, like, we don't see that often in, in popular culture. And so we oh, don't... I think, you, I think you do. I just think that it's always... Well, we do, but they're always money. Yeah, I, they're all, I was going to say, it always. I always gravitate away from it because they're always rich and they're always wearing, like, J. Crew and sweater sets and preppy clothes that I have absolutely no interest in mm-hmm. but yeah. at the same time like okay but i'm also aware of like not wanting to wear whatever the equivalent is of like a surfs up dude kind of shirt <laughs> i still remember going to the out bar i remember this too uh uh in college and there were a, a couple guys probably in their mid 40s who would show up with hollister shirts hookah shell ne- necklaces uh, bleach blonde hair, um, wow. sort of like like curly at the bottom, sort of like almost like a teenage girl. I'm trying to think of like, like exactly. a Julius Caesar cut. Yes, yes, <laughs> sort of like that with a, like a curl at the bottom. And I I don't think I'll ever forget the, the. I'm really thinking of one guy, but I also will say there was so that guy. So the, this one guy I just explained the Hollister hookah shell. He was probably in his probably in his mid 40s. There was another guy there. Uh, Warren, uh, who was probably in his 60s, and he would show up in very form-fitting clothing. Uh, he, you know, he had a poor, he had a pretty bad, uh, you know, ha- hair hair dye situation, but he looked great. He looked incredible for someone in their 60s, and I and it was so much more genuine. He also mm. came out late, so he was excited to be there. Yeah, and so I remember thinking Warren was the best like there was nothing about what Warren did that struck me as bizarre but that the dude in his 40s wearing Hollister shirts and hitting on college students struck me as like out of his element well and that's sort of my my favorite is is go ahead oh I was gonna say my my favorite um anecdote is my friend his dad is gay and came out very late in life he's like in his he's a little older too like I think he's in his seven seventies potentially and he's all about it like so now he wears <laughs> he wears shirts from he wears like a brokeback mountain shirt and oh, like no. to let people know that he's gay which is so cute i do like that like, so so cute like it's like just the a most adorable version of but you see uh, that whatever that is that the that's a great example of and this is just to say that like you can wear anything at any age. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how you present yourself. You can you can dress, quote unquote, young or old or all the things. But if it if it reads sort of like that you're basically being a try trying. hard, like you're trying so hard, then it becomes not genuine. And there's a reason why the the dude in the Hollister shirts weren't wasn't actually hooking up with any probably of the 20 year olds when I guarantee you if someone is probably very comfortable in their skin and feeling like they're, they're hot in their Brokeback Mountain shirt, they're probably going to get a blowjob from the 20-year-old. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I I definitely, and I, I'll admit to it myself, I've struggled over the years with sort of just figuring out how I present myself to the world and what I'm most comfortable in. And now I know I'm most comfortable looking like Diane Weist on a Saturday. And, like, I understand <laughs> that about myself in every single outfit that I wear. And I walk into gay bars and queer spaces, and I recognize that, like, I'm not going to ever be sort of the the, the hot guy walking in because I can't pull that off because it's not authentic to me. That look 
that you have of that hot guy walking into the gay bar, that's never going to be me. I am always going to be the middle-aged woman walking into a queer space. And I, I, I don't mind that role because I'm okay with it now. And if I was trying to like wear the tight jeans and like the cool jacket and like the hat backwards and all these things, it, I would look so uncomfortable. I think I don't know. Yeah, that become that it is. It's it's too. It's just very evident at that point. Yeah. One of my favorite things, uh, whenever Elliot is wearing something he's not comfortable with, is he will yank at his T-shirt constantly. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> mm. So if you ever see Elliot in public and he's yanking at his T-shirt, that means he doesn't like his shirt. Well, I've realized in more recent years that, like, okay, just admit it. I'm very sensitive to material. I'm very material sensitive, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is why I have so many T-shirts, because I've always been trying to pretend that I'm not, I guess, and just be like, yeah, I can wear whatever. And honestly, it's it really is, like, about... I, I wouldn't even know the type of material it is, but it's like a cotton that breathes enough that I can feel like it's loose mm-hmm. and won't irritate my skin, but also not like a you know I don't want to I don't want to wear a tarp, but like I want something that's somewhere in the middle, and it's it's honestly just the material. It always is the material. I I can't wear anything besides like super soft. Maybe they're called microfibers, and I I don't mm, even know. I don't know. Yeah. Is that is but Elliot, is that bow tie soft? <laughs> what would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I love that Kim Davis rally. That's where I met Mike Huckabee for the fourth time. <laughs> uh I my aunt Joanne would say, uh Kim Davis, not only is she a goy, but you know she hates the Jews. She doesn't even know they exist. <laughs> How about Aunt Anne? Aunt Anne would say, Paul wears a jockstrap in public? I didn't think, I didn't, how is that? It seems unsanitary. <laughs> <laughs> well, she should go to a gay gym sometime. If you really think mm. about it, it oh is very God. unsanitary. I mean, do people wipe well enough these days? I don't know. I, I don't think any. I don't think anyone does. Yeah. Um, yeah, the thought of it, but by the way, what is the point of a jock strap if I have you aren't wearing a no cup, idea? Right? I have no what idea. The point? I mean, they I've make that special the underwear, absolutely no sense to me. They do make that special underwear that's for like you know, go go's and stuff, basically. That like you put your dick in the sure. front and it's like a jock strap, but it's not like an athletic jock, you know? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Like, I always assumed the jock strap, the point was you it's to hold the cup over your yeah, penis and testicles, yes. and and then, like, but why would someone wear it? It's literally you're just doing it to be like sexy, I guess. Yes, at the gym, I think that's the. I think that's the point. I, again, it always baffles me. Always, wow. I'll never not be baffled by it because it seems less comfortable. Like, it seems less comfortable, more. and also, I don't know. Every anything that's too on the nose is unsexy to me. Agreed. I'm, I'm just thinking of poop particles. That's really all I'm thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> 